Rewind with Oshin Langan. And here we go. Down the tunnel comes Ireland's captain, Anthony Foley from Killinoo. His rugby brain was what brought him through and, you know, got him the amazing career that he had and got him on the European teams of the decades and things. That's, that's why, because very much a player's player what wasn't the the chisel donnas of the delalios or anyone <laughs> like that that you would you would see playing against him but yeah. he was just as dangerous just as effective on the pitch his clarity of thought is something that i always remarked even at that under you know the schoolboy irish 21s and all that he really understood rugby right. and he comes from clearly a family like his family who are less known like rosie for example has swam the channel so there's more people have climbed mount everest than have swam the channel and she is one of the Foley's. She's yeah. played for Ireland herself. So it's an amazing, immense sporting family. Mm. Really warm, wonderful, generous family as well. So I'm just really, really, really devastated for them all. Foley is there, Nogar is there, and Foley, Foley, Foley! What I remember about Anthony is twinkling eyes and smile. Great sense of fun. He had a big sense of humour. He was generous to a fault. And he was one of the heartbeats of everything that's good about Munster Rugby. His innate ability to read a game in rugby, um, I mean, it's almost impossible to talk about rugby in these instances, but in, in the memory of him, but he had an ability to, to look at a play in real time and to realise, actually, he knew exactly where to be. He was never the fittest or fastest guy. Um, but he was the smartest guy that I played on the on the field with, and he was invariably wherever the ball was. Um, but he just like he loved sport, and he was like I think of it now, and you think about his his sons and his sons and my sons are joined at the hip, and the pleasure Anthony he was get going down to a hurling match, and you could hear like he was so excited by it to to see his kids playing hurling now that they were at the age to, and um, it's just unbelievably sad. Keith Wood ending a tribute to Anthony Foley. Um, tough weekend for the sport of rugby. Tough weekend for sport at large in Ireland. And it's impossible to put in words what Foley meant to Shannon, Munster, Ireland, and most importantly of all, his family. Rightfully, people are talking about his rugby career and talking about what he could do on the park and what he could do off the park as a coach. But the family and friends he had, that's the most important thing. Those are the most important people right now. Those are the ones we should uh, remember and I can only imagine what they're going through right now. Paddy, taken too young, 42. Oh, it, 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 I couldn't believe it when I heard it yesterday. It was just, it was, just uh, it was frightening to think that a, that a man of 42 years of age would go to Paris with his, with his team to go and play a game and, and that he, he goes to bed and, and never wakes up. You know, it's horrific for, for, for his wife and family. I can only, I can only imagine what, it, what, it's, what it's got to be like because he was... He, was such a, 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 I mean, a wonderful rugby player, but by all accounts, he was such a, a great man as well. And it's a, it's an awful tragedy. And one of these gifted sports people who genuinely loved it, loved using the gift he had been given. Yeah, he loved, he loved, he loved going to Tolman Park. He, he loved, he just loved being there. I mean, he, he said of himself, even when, when when he was a young lad, he wanted to be there, and he he was playing rugby from the, from the time he was four or five years of age. I always had a ball, and that's that's the way most of us have, have, have started off as well. And and uh, but he was he was such a he was such a gifted player, such a gifted man, and and 
his career really in, in, in management was only be, was only starting off. He was he was he was coaching then. Hopefully, he was going to lead it in, into management at some at some point in the future. But now that's all that's all taken from. Yep. And uh, his family just must be devastated at at at, at the loss of, of of Anthony. It seems very trivial to talk football or talk sport or talk about anything. Oh, it certainly puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it most certainly does. Yeah. It. So, some of the, some of the like stupid it. things that we, we get ourselves concerned about. Yeah, and then we we're, we're faced with this situation. No, it's not. Yeah, you get caught up in results, form, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, real life kind of is what matters. So yeah. I think it does put it in perspective in that way. Well, look, there is a game tonight. Liverpool taking on Manchester United. Massive night in the Electricity League as well. Um, the importance of it re-emphasised due to what we've just been talking about. But talk about it, we will. Um, I guess things move on. Things still happen. Liverpool taking on Manchester United tonight. And Paddy, if you were to sum up both teams' form going into tonight's tie, how would you do it? Liverpool fourth, United Seventh, but if Liverpool win, they'll be level on points with Manchester City and Arsenal. Yeah, and it's a it's a very big gift because Mourinho has a has a has a great record at Anfield. <clears throat> uh, there when he was with Chelsea, um, and and he'll recall that he he scuppered Liverpool's whatever chance they had of winning a, a Premier League title there three three seasons back. <clears throat> he went to Anfield and and set up his team in, in a very defensive mode, and uh, everything was played at, at, at instead of Liverpool going and playing at their pace, they allowed Chelsea go and play. And dictate uh, the pace that they were going to play. It taking taking long times to throw ins, taking long times and free kicks, goal kicks, and that's all. That's all part and parcel of the game. Um, now Mourinho had the had the players to go and do that at Chelsea. Uh, at, at that point, um, he, he I think he'd probably set up the same way tonight. But does he have the quality of player to go and do that? Uh, I'm not so sure. But any any Liverpool fan who thinks that it, it, this is going to be an easy ride tonight, well, they can forget about it because this is going to be a very very tough game. Uh, for Liverpool and if they win at 1-0 they're going to be doing very very well because even though United by by uh, by some people are having a, having a bad season but you know, there's always there's always one big game of them and always at Anfield and Mourinho no better man to go to Anfield than, and, and he got a result than Jose Mourinho Raf Diallo of Football Podcast Team 33 and indeed PPI Sports Show of the Year this is our mm-hmm. first time speaking since so congratulations Thank also you. with us oh, also congratulations Raph oh, oh happy days yeah, Raph mm-hmm. also of Newstalk.com forward slash sport uh, Paddy raising some good points there about this uh, clash yeah the only thing and it's something kind of Kevin Kilban raised last week um, he writes a column every week for Newstalk.com and it's up on the website today if anybody wants to check it out but he's making the point that you know there's this idea of a Manchester United way and Mourinho's kind of expected to kind of bring a more attacking side to what he has done but what he is actually best at doing is grinding out results the only thing I would look at in that squad and I think it was Kilban kind of um, kind of raised that himself as well do they have the players you know will Paul Pogba sit in when you know when you've got this Liverpool counter-attacking machine coming at them will you, are there other players that can do that do you throw Daly Blind in midfield Michael Carrick Morgan Schneiderlin are they really the players to sit in I don't really think so so he's kind of stuck between a couple, kind of couple, a couple of different ideas and philosophies. I think. Yeah, that was my my very point, right? That, that that at Chelsea he had those players who could go and do that, and and they were used to playing the system week in week out because that, that's that's how he set up his team at Chelsea. Um, he hasn't uh, got the quality of player at Man United to set set the Man United team up tonight for that. But on a once off, you can always get players to just go and play way above themselves. Um, when, when they feel that they're not expected to do that every week. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if United played 
well above their 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 previous form uh, thus far in the league, and 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 eke out something at, at Liverpool. As, from a Liverpool perspective, I hope that's not the case, but I would be very very concerned that uh, that hopefully uh, Liverpool have learned and and Klopp um, will be more astute. Uh, with 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 the management of his players tonight and of 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 the system they play, and if he does see that happening, that they become patient, and 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 for if just for a time, and then know to when to up the pace, know when to take the sting out of the game. So it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fascinating game tonight, just to see how both managers go head to head on it. In an unsurprising move, Paul Scholes has chosen to kick the current Manchester United manager. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> he says that uh, he hasn't put his stamp on this team. Now, you've obviously been talking about that and we don't need to go back into it. Yeah. But he says that Klopp has. Now, that's an unfair comparison considering how much longer Klopp has yeah, been there. Yeah, Klopp has had a year in the job to set his ideas in. But we already saw like the pressing and things coming in as early as his first few games. I know when they went and trashed Chelsea and then City. So, you know, I think he's... But he has that kind of personality that can embed something like that in quite quickly, I'd say. What are those traits this season, Raf? What's better and more consistent, perhaps, about Liverpool? With the exception of that result in Burnley. But that was that was a bit of an aberration when you watched the whole 90 minutes. It was. like They had the chances to to probably win that game. But it was just, again, they got caught. They got caught on the break. And the thing about them, I know Jamie Carragher kind of picked this out. Like they, Their front three... Very, very fluid. Now, this was even before this season had started. Yeah. They play so close to each other. So just, <laughs> it means if, you know, they win the ball back very quickly and they kind of pass the ball to each other really, really quickly and they're, they're able to kind of cut through defences. That's one good thing that they do. They're also winning the ball back a lot higher as well. So you don't need a defensive midfielder or anything like that. And, um, you know, Jordan Henderson's actually playing that role, but he's not a natural. But the fact that they're winning the ball back means there's no pressure on them. Also, if you look at their full backs as well, they're not getting caught out. Like James Milner, who is not a natural left back, he's a natural everything, but he's not a natural left back, so to speak. He's not really getting caught out because they're winning the ball back that much higher. Um, I suppose it's a bit different from the Rogers era where they did press, but they would have got caught as well. They're getting caught now, and and my my concern for Liverpool is, is that defensively they concede goals every game, and that's the that's that's the concern, and and they've conceded goals every game this season. Scoring uh, goals so every game, though. Yes, but you know, and that's the chance that Rodgers took three years ago. That oh, let Chelsea score one or score two, and we'll score three. And if they start think if they start thinking ahead again tonight, you know they could be in trouble. They may not get the opportunities uh, to to go and get two or three goals uh, to go and beat United if United on on a breakaway. If if they sit in and say right, we, we're going to counter attack on 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 Liverpool, and we're going to load them into a false sense of security, we're going to get them bombing forward and then hit them hit them completely on the break. And I'd be inclined to play Rooney tonight uh, at Anfield just for that particular reason. Where and and oh, I'd, I'd play him up up at uh, Ibrahimovic. What's the only only place you can you can play him? You can't play him in midfield. To to me, he, he's a totally he's a complete waste to me. For whatever chance you have of getting something out of Rooney, your legs have gone a bit. But whatever chance you have. You you got to you got to play him up beside Ibrahimovic, or else if they're still in the game with half an hour to go or twenty five minutes to go, uh, bring him on, and there's be there could be a there could be a change. United have looked better without him in a way, and they've played kind of Herrera as a, in that tree. I I don't know. I think maybe would it not be better to have. They've looked better without him when 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 he's back in midfield. Yeah, you know. So I'm I'm saying to you, stick him up beside Ibrahimovic. Yeah, and just see 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 what it brings because Liverpool defensively are not the most assured. 
uh, back four in, in, in the world. Yeah. And, and uh, being a Liverpool fan, I'm very, very concerned about that. Yeah, they're not the best defensively. Um, that's definitely the case. I, I think it just might be a thing to have more players back in case Liverpool win the ball back higher and you just have an extra body rather than really well, if, trying if, if, if to Liverpool can nullify the, the United threat at, yeah. at that early stage, that's brilliant. Yeah. But they're not going to be able to do that all night long and they've got to be compact and tight when they, when they don't, when they, when they can't uh, win the ball back at an early stage. So the likes, the likes of Henderson... You know, it's got to it's got to play really, really well, and so has Coutinho. Coutinho has got to start showing up also on Firmino. They've got to carry this form in. If they carry the form in that they've shown thus far, apart from the Burnley game, uh, they certainly have a great chance of, of beating United tonight. But they must play the very maximum because it, it was, this game takes on a life of its own. United and Liverpool, be it at Anfield or be it at Old Trafford, anything could happen. Now United, now United did go to Anfield in 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 March, I think it was, in the Europa League. And got really hammered. Uh, it was only two or nothing, but it could have been three or four uh, that particular night. But that was that was pre Mourinho, uh, when 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 United were just very much all over the place. So it's going to be interesting tonight as to, to how he he sets up his team. Again, going back to your original point, rather, does he have the quality of player? Uh, but on a once off, he just might get away with it on the night, and he has a he has a, a history of doing that. Uh, with, with this, with his teams, no matter where he goes, yeah. we saw with Zlatan coming in uh, how big an impact he can make, and we saw a couple of years ago with Suarez in Liverpool, and you referenced that with Brendan Rodgers. You said he was backing his team to score more than the opposition. Yes, but he was really backing Suarez to score more than the yeah, opposition. Suarez, Suarez is a little genius. Is it the same with Ibrahimovic? Is that much difference? Is that how much difference he can make for Manchester United? Is he kind of going to coast Mourinho through to maybe next January or even maybe next summer? They'll just do enough to get into the Champions League to not embarrass themselves and then he'll be able to get the players he wants and build a team around. Yeah, Ibrahimovic. it's kind of like they've worked together. He has proven quality. And then I remember there was an anecdote Mourinho talks about like where the young players, when they're all in the dinner hall at United, that they all seem to congregate around Ibrahimovic. So yeah. I think it's that kind of thing where he's the experienced voice. There's someone they can kind of look up to. And we're talking about the Rashfords and the Marshalls and that, for example, although I'm not sure Marshall would be overly fond of him given that the shirt number that he used to own is now worn by Ibrahimovic. But uh, yeah, no, he's the, I suppose, given you can't really rely on Rooney now, Ibrahimovic at least, given he was still doing it with PSG, maybe not doing it so much with the Euros, but then again, Sweden weren't great shakes. You know, he is someone that can be relied upon. And as I said, Mourinho knows him. He didn't feel like it for Sweden, by the look of it. He yeah. does feel like it for Manchester United. Paddy, before I get your prediction, before I get Raf's prediction, um, y- you said it a couple of times that these games take on a life of their own. There's no point in looking into previous form. Graham Souness has been saying the same thing. How do they play out these derby games? I mean, do you just step out onto well, the pitch and whatever you've <laughs> planned kind of goes out the window. You just have to hold your own and stay calm. How does it work when you play in these kind of crazy derbies? If if you had a lot of of, of Liverpool players, Liverpool born players in your team, yeah. a lot of Mancunians in your team, you'd, be, you'd know exactly how it would pan out. Yeah. They just just go hell for leather. We've got but a, you, there's like an you, awful lot of foreigners yeah, there. But you weren't born in no no. In but there's an awful lot of foreigners. There the was, West Brom area. Yeah, you no, were born in enough, London, but you know there was enough yeah. West. There was enough uh, Birmingham okay. lads and local lads and, and enough lads with feeling for the club when you're playing Villa because yeah. you can't get beaten by Villa. And you recognise all of that. And the same thing should should apply with United. United don't want to get beaten by Liverpool and vice versa. Now, uh, it, it's going to depend on an attitude of mind tonight as to which one uh, tunes in to how, to how important this game is for both sets of fans and for both cities, for, for, for Liverpool and for Manchester. And the team that's going to clue, uh, get, get clued into this right from the very off 
could be could easily be the winners. And I, I expect that Liverpool will be that little bit more clued in. I think kind of looking ahead to the game, it'll be 2-2 from my perspective. I can't see either team kind of keeping yeah. a clean sheet and both of them have firepower up front. So it's, and I'm not sure about Liverpool's mentality yet. You know, it'll take a few weeks before it's either proven yeah. that they're kind of, you know, title worthy or not. So that's why I'm kind of edging oh, towards I don't the think they're anybody near title worthy fence. at the moment, yeah. Liverpool. No. No, yeah. no, and I'm a Liverpool fan. I, I, I just don't see it. Uh, You've mentioned that a this, couple of times. At this, yeah, at this moment in time. But look at... They are where they are at, at, at this juncture, and we'll 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 take it. But you know they need they need another huge performance now tonight. Well, that one kicks off tonight at seven. Full build up on off the ball, and at that stage they'll have the benefit of the team news. And the, the team news, it's one of these games. It's actually kind of hard to make a prediction when you don't know the teams because, especially with United, it could be changed around. It could be different. There's a lot kind of you know bearing on Rooney. A lot yeah, bearing the system on what, can change depending Pogba on the plays. player. Whereas Liverpool, you know. Even if you know Daniel Sturridge comes in, you know it'll be kind of a kind of four three three kind of thing. And for United, it could easily be four two three one. It could be four two three as well with Herrera. And could be a four five one with United. <laughs> yeah, it could it could be literally anything. But it's, it depends on what players Mourinho decides suits the system. And again, a, a Rooney shaped hole could change how it actually looks and what. And Mourinho will have had a huge look at, at Liverpool, and he'll say, "How can I stop these people from playing?" <laughs> And 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 he'll 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 devise something, uh, he'll devise a plan to go and stop these the, uh, Liverpool f- uh, from getting comfortable on the ball and 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 doing things in their own time because if you let the Liverpool players get on the ball, they'll tear you apart. Yeah. So he's gonna he has to nullify that. I mean, if if I were Mourinho, that's what I'd be doing. I'd say you got to get tight and continue. You got to get tight from me. You got to get tight for Lennon and so No matter who's out there, you can't let them play. You got to yeah. get tight in Henderson. And if you do that. And it could take uh, uh, 14 players to go and do it because yeah. they might use up to three subs and, and so be it on the night. And that, that's that's the extent that, that they'll have to perform tonight. Have they got the best of the Pogba? I saw Sunes today on Sky Sports saying maybe they haven't. Not yet, definitely not. If Why not? Got, well, again, like he's just returned to the league and again, I think the, the start of the season, he was sitting there with Rooney who kind of moves all over the place and... yeah. You know, I think they were kind of occupying. It comes the same back space. to Jose yeah. not knowing what his best team is. Yeah, yet. once he knows, okay. he has to kind of decide: does he build the team around Pogba? If he does, then I think we will see the best out of him. But I, as of yet, I yeah. don't think no. I don't think that 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 Mourinho can uh, build the team around Pogba because let's not forget that at Juventus, Pogba had Pirlo, Vidal he as well. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't have a Pirlo at Man United, and that's the big problem for Pogba, and that's going to remain a problem for Pogba. Unless, what did Pirlo do to get the best out of Pogba? He, he he got on the ball, he created the space, he created the time and Pogba, Pogba could just go and float and do his own thing and drift into space and get in, into uh, atta- uh, into attacking situations and Pirlo held the midfield and he was the one that controlled the midfield and Pogba could just go and do whatever he wanted to do and that's a, a big difference now. They're expecting an awful lot more from Pogba. Is that what he could expect happening. from Mkhitaryan? Very different to Pirlo but... Uh, well, yeah, again, very. Mkhitaryan plays much further forward. Okay. Pirlo is kind of a deep line, what they call a deep line. But he's a kind of yeah. a go where you want because you know no matter where he goes, he'll generally yeah. make a run. Right and that's goal. where they had Vidal as well, who was okay. kind of the box to box player who kind of, you know, won the tackles further back and then would have got forward as well. And it just meant Pogba didn't have to do as much work. And Pirlo was then left to kind of drift around and just play passes. And they dominated possession as well, which yeah. made it a little bit easier for them as well. I think, I think that, 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 uh, Pogba is, is is people are talking about him as if he's a complete world beater. He's got an awful long way to go. Yeah. And unless that United gets somebody in there like Pirlo or like Vidal, 
may never see uh, yeah. a, a, a really great Pogba that people are trying to make him out to be. He's got a world-beating price and that brings pressure. Just ask Andy Carroll. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for giving us your thoughts on Liverpool against Manchester United tonight at 8. That's Monday night, as I say, off the ball on air from 7. And they'll have the teams, they'll build up to it um, and they'll have live coverage throughout the evening. Let's talk about a big night in the SSE Electricity League. I kind of feel a, a great deal of empathy for the league here because they had to play these games tonight due to Dundalk's schedule and, and indeed Cork City's schedule they will be completely overshadowed by Liverpool against Manchester United even from my own point of view mm. what am I going to lead with am I going to lead with what people are going to be talking about what most people are going to be talking about yes I am and that's Liverpool against Manchester United we will mention Dundalk against Longford and Cork City against Pats obviously tomorrow on News Talk Breakfast but let's look ahead to it now at four points between them four games remaining Dundalk aren't going to let it slip here, Paddy, I wouldn't, thought, I wouldn't have thought so. <clears throat> I thought that was a smashing result last Friday night, 3-0 against Rovers yeah. to go to Tara and, 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 and beat Rovers. I know Men Rovers, against boys, wasn't it? I know Rovers were the young side. And all, so yeah. I understand all of that. But but uh, no, Dundalk just, they were absolutely immense. They, 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 you know, they, they had a great few days beating Cork 2-1 and then and going, going to Rovers and winning 3-0. And, and I can see them win again tonight against against Longford. It's a pity that it's a, it's a pity from Cork's perspective is Cork have been smashing over the past few seasons, but yet Dundalk have been exceptional. And and in other years, Cork could be winning league titles or winning FAI cups. But look at that's that's the way that's the way the league is, and and it's great for the league, and it's and it's wonderful for for Dundalk and Cork. How easy is it to accept from a Cork point of view if they lose the league for the third time in a row to Dundalk? Because as you mentioned there, Dundalk are just exceptional. Look what they've done in Europe. Does that make it easier for a City player to accept it or does it really kind of gnaw at your confidence? Oh, or no, does it, it depend on the cup final result? Because that could be, that could be, I won't say a turning point, but it could be a massive deal for these City players if they can win that. It means they get silverware and they kind of justify their chase over the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah, they've beaten the knock twice already this season and then they lost, of course, up in Oriel there on, on, on Tuesday night. But the cup is still still to, to go and play for. And it's a, to me, it's a wonderful prize uh, for Cork. And Cork should should be, and which they will do. They'll be really battling. They'll be battling to stay in the league. Never mind. Never mind trying to win a cup. Yeah. Whereas I mean, the cup is the ones off, and absolutely anything anything could happen in in, in the FAI Cup. So if if, the, if if Cork were to go and win it, you know, it'll it'll give them a, a should it should give them a great boost because if they go and win it, they're going to be they're going to be beating them dock, and that has to be a great boost for them and say, look at we can go and beat these lads. Uh, and uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a very, very interesting cup final. But between this and then, it's certainly gonna be a very interesting end to the league. Longford fighting for their lives, Raf. If they don't get a win tonight, that's them done, automatically relegated. So does that give some level of interest to Longford and some level of hope, maybe to Cork City fans? It does because at least there's something Longford have to play for. It's not a mid-table side who you know win or lose, they're gonna be generally in and around where. They're gonna, well, they're going to finish in and around where they currently are. So, yeah, there is something to fight for. The only thing is Longford have been poor all yeah. season. So There's a reason it, yeah. why they're bottom. Yeah. Uh, Pats against Cork City tonight. Cork well, City. Longford, Longford playing, Longford playing, playing uh, Dundalk, that should, that, should be, like, that should be heaven because you're pitting your wits against the very best in the league. Yeah. So you really should be ready uh, for that. I don't care whether it's Longford, whether it's Bray. I couldn't give I couldn't give two hoots who it is. Yeah. But Longford tonight should really be chomping at the bit to go and say, right, we'll 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 show them dog. We'll 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 give them a good game tonight and we'll we'll test our metal against them. Having said that, I think that Dundalk will go and win it. Yeah. Pat's and up against Cork City. That one kicks off at seven forty five in Richmond. Did we see the difference between Dundalk and Cork City last week in the game at Oriel Park? And if so, what was that difference? The difference probably was that that, that Cork, uh, Cork, when they had that period of domination, 
did not did not convert. Yeah. And when when, when the dog get, get even half a sniff, and that comes from winning, that comes from confidence. It comes from Daryl Horgan. Go on, and they go on, they go and convert. And Daryl Horgan with, with smashing goal, you know, well, uh, uh, the second goal was an immense goal. First goal, a little bit, a little bit, of, a little bit of luck attached to it with the deflection and so on. But look at, take nothing away from it. It was, it was smashing, smashing performance. How quality is Daryl Horgan? Does he kind of stand above everyone else in the league like Richie Tell did? Well, that's or is he pro- just a good player playing well in a very good team? Yeah, that, that, that to me is the big problem. That I was expecting great things from Richie Tell when he went across to, to Brighton. Yeah. And maybe my expectation was far he, too high. He has been injured, to be you fair. Know, but even, even before that. And, and that would be my concern, uh, concern for Daryl Horgan. The, the question is, are there, how many Daryl Horgans are there in England? And that is the question. How many Daryl Horgans are there at one particular hub? And should we have a player who, who, who can do what he does? And that's, that's the concern. Uh, Daryl Horgan is, is, is very good in distant dog team. As he was, he was very good in, when, when, he, when he was at Cork as well. Let's be very clear about that. So he, he and he's had, he's, had a, he's had a magnificent season. But I just think he still has another, a little bit of a way to go. Okay, Paddy Mulligan and Raf Diallo, thank you very much for joining us on the Rewind podcast here on News Talk. My apologies for uh, sniffling through this. I've got man flu, but I'm battling bravely, lads. I won't give up. Battling bravely. Did you ever hear anything like it, Raf? He hasn't stopped sniffling since, since we came in here. And you didn't even bring me Lemsip. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Cheers. Pleasure. GEA now, and it was a massive day of county finals yesterday with Thurless Sarsfield, St. Thomas's of Galway, Carberry Rangers in Cork, Road and Offaly, Dr. Crooks in Kerry, Cargan in Antrim, Sarsfields in Kildare, and Glen Swilly in Donegal. All among the winners. You can add Schlock Neil to that list as well, and Mahary in Armagh as well. Um, it was a very, very special win for Thurless Sarsfields, I guess, given that Mickey the Rattler Byrne died over the weekend. Now, the Rattler was a legend and was right back in the team of the millennium. Uh, Lark Corbett, an All-Ireland winner himself with Tipperary, uh, says that Rattler was always quick-witted on and off the pitch. Every time that you met him, he was just a ball of energy. Do you know, everything was one-liners. Is that I remember when I started the hamstrings wrapped me years ago. He said, don't have me saw the hamstrings inside in the butcher shop. Like, so you're not going to, you know. But everything was wit, everything was crack. And you know, he's going to be a, he's going to be a guy that's going to be really, really missing Torres Arses. This morning there, we were talking about it, and we met Redzer this morning out here in, um, uh, out the front of Torres Arses. And he said, w- one good story to Rattle used to always say, he says, lads, if I had one more county five minute, we'd give one to every team that starts today. Fourteen. <laughs> I mean, one more, we'd give one to everyone to start there. <laughs> a nice touch, by the way, from Captain Paddy Marr, who brought the daughters of former Thurless selector Jack Griffin up to collect the trophy, the Dan Breen Cup. Griffin died suddenly last year, and it really did hit the club hard. Uh, in leash, Strapley stopped a ten in a row from Port Leash with Jody Dillon's dramatic late goal. Uh, Strapley's manager Martin Murphy joins us now Martin before we get into it here's the audio from fan footage of the winning goal scored by Dylan, uh, which gave you guys a 2-10 to 1-12 win so the goal has just been scored here and the kick out is about to be taken it wasn't over but it was almost there And there's the final whistle. And as you can tell, the Strapley man was delighted. Martin, uh, you're the manager. How did you feel at that particular point as it was happening live just after Jody Dillon got that goal? Well, I can assure you that wasn't me screeching, but I wasn't too far away from it. Um, look, it, it was a fabulous ending. It, it, it was real Roy of the Rovers uh, stuff, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, we, we were dead and buried in one sense, but 
the never say die spirit that's in that in that group of players uh, came to the fore in the last minute and a half. And uh, from the time Colin Begley turned the ball over on our own twenty-one yard line, and eight, seven, eight, nine passes later, Gary Comerford's sublime pass into Jody on the edge of the edge of the large uh, box and bang, top of the net, brilliant, savage. Just I, words fail me to be honest with you. It was uh, very emotional for us all afterwards. But for look at, um, I'm sure. Poor old Portish, in one sense, going for ten in a row. It was, it was, it was more of a sector for them. Um, um, they were a great team, and uh, I do feel sorry for them in one sense, but um, it's great for the little town. Most of us haven't seen the game in full yet. It wasn't live on TV. We have seen some footage. It's available online. Talk to me about that goal, the second goal, because it was like watching me the '91, and the goal against Dublin that eventually kind of led to them winning the four-game saga. Now. Me at that time were extremely well coached they did some extremely good players and for them to get a goal when they did like that said an awful lot about the amount of hard work that they had put in same with well, your side I imagine exactly look at those guys have put in a lot of work since last February uh, Stradbally for, for those who didn't know were in the relegation battle last year and, and the year before they very nearly went down as well other than for a technicality and um, when it took them over in February we sat down we, we, we all got an understanding and undertaking that there was going to be a lot of hard work put in over the course of the summer. Um, the guys bought into that. Uh, Colin Begley coming back to us was a huge bonus. He he was probably, uh, let's let's call it a spade a spade, he was the missing link, a jigsaw, that Stravely needed to be challengers in leash again. Um, and I think that was proven somewhat in the championship, and especially over the last two or three games. Um, <clears throat> look, at, we said at half-time, Three points wasn't really enough to be ahead after playing with a strong breeze. Um, Eamon Delaney uh, gave a very passionate uh, speech about never say die, never give up, and the true spirit that's in Stradbally uh, would, would come to the fore. And Colin Begley said a few words, I said a few words, and we, the whole the whole ethos was that we wouldn't give up to the final whistle. And uh, in fairness to them, that's that's the way it panned out. And you kind of summed it up yourself there by saying Colin Begley turned the ball over. How? big an impact has he made upon his comeback and I don't want to get too hung up on one player but again you've said it yourself he has made a huge difference and there's a reason for that well I'd say his professional approach his whole demeanour uh, the way he carries himself the way he he, he, he goes about his, his training um, the way he speaks to players encouraging them and I'd say it's somewhat it makes the rest of the players want to be as good as, as, as Colm and, and as I suppose as professional in their approach to the game and how they play it. He's just been hugely influential this year and um, we were very glad that we had him. And there was no sense of him needing to kind of earn trust or earn respect from guys when he came back because it's not like he's been a million miles away. He was in Dublin. No, he was in Dublin. He was in Dublin for five or six years with Parnells. Um, there was no matter. I, I, look at... He grew up with all those guys. He played underage football with most of those guys. He won a championship in 2005 with 10 or 12 of those guys. Um, it wasn't a matter of trust at all. It was it, it was a, such a relief, I think, for the club and for the team and, and, and the players that he was back. And it, it, I suppose the bit of self-confidence and, and belief that wasn't there in previous years slowly but surely developed over over the period of, of the summer months in particular. We've had some very good challenge games against Palatine, we're the Carlo champions. We beat them. Rathfilly were in the final. We beat them. We went down. We played Castletown in Wexford. We beat them. Uh, we had a very good game. The weekend of the electric picnic against Aero Og, 
in Carlo. Like we played fairly quality teams, teams that were were challenging in their own counties, and uh, um, it gave us a bit of a, a bit of belief. And uh, uh, the rest is a history. We're, we're, we're county champions now. And Strabley back on the map for football rather than a massive festival, which has grown out yeah. of all proportion. Talk to me about yourself because they say never go back, but you have. The last time Strabley won a county title was under you over ten years ago. Uh, that's correct. Look, I, I, I suppose I've been ever been with. Uh, in Ireland, in, in um, I've been with our Dempsey's actually in Leash uh, for a couple of years. We got beaten in the county semi-final, and um, then I went. I was with Tin Ireland. We got beaten in the county final down in Carlow in 2011, and uh, I went back to my own club, Gracefield in Offaly, uh, for three years and uh, gave them a bit of a dig out. We we got to a semi-final one of the years, and it just didn't work as we'd hoped it would. But sure, uh, Stabley came knocking at the door, and John John. Um, John Delaney is the chairman. John was selected with me in 2005, and uh, John had asked me a number of years, three or four years ago, would I would I come back? And I said, look at John, I said, be honest with you, uh, it might be a bit too soon. And uh, I think it was tied up with other clubs, so especially with my own club. So I didn't give any commitment then. And when we were beaten, Gracefield were beaten in the championship uh, last year, John um, rang me the day afterwards, and he says, look at, I'm getting my speaking early. He says, would you be interested in coming back to to train and manage Strabley. And I said, uh, well, I said, to be honest with you, I have to go to New Zealand this year and get milk and suit because it's in the middle of the summer and so on and so forth. He says, no, that won't be that won't be a problem. So I went and I met the football committee and we sat down and we um, we we struck a deal and we, I said, that's fair enough, okay. This this is what we're we're looking for and we, we got a good management set up. I've got two good selectors in Tom Bow, former leash footballer, and Larry Keenan also former leash footballer and um we, we we set our, our stall and our targets we we won the kelly cup which is a, a local competition amongst the clubs early on in the season and uh, we consolidated our position in division 1a of the league we we ended up halfway up the table and we had targeted possibly getting to the knockout stage of the championship and once we got there it was going to be game by game and the rest as i said is, is history uh, in itself yesterday winning the championship it's brilliant and now you go on to Leinster where you played the Longford champions that'll be tough but you have a couple of weeks which is good because you have to celebrate a county title don't you yeah well we, we will celebrate I'm sure the, the guys will be heavy on it today and maybe even tomorrow but it's like we'll, electric we'll, picnic all over again in Strabley today I imagine it is but sure, only better I, I, I'm sure all those guys they're all well accustomed of, uh, to, to, to the celebrating and, and, the, and the partying uh, yeah. but we'll, we'll call it we'll call a halt to it on, on Wednesday we're back in the field Wednesday night and we'll prepare over the, the, the 10 days in the lead up to the first round of the Leinster Championship and uh, hopefully we can equip ourselves well uh, I suppose Strabley in the past when they've won uh, county titles they've either had to play very soon after they've won uh, and as a consequence not probably well prepared but we're hoping that we well, probably haven't had ambitions of, of probably doing well in Leinster we'd like to think now having beaten them that we could uh, carry the, the, the leash flag through the Leinster campaign and just finally, I know your primary focus is Stradbally, but when one team dominates a county championship, it generally doesn't tend to be a good thing for the county team. So is your win good for leash football? I would say it is. I would say it is, definitely. You know, and, and it shows, look, at Port Leash were, were an excellent team. They were, they were um, uh, probably the greatest team to come out of, uh, of the county uh, ever, uh, winning nine in a row. Um, 
it was unprecedented. They were going for ten, and uh, you know some really good footballers over over the last ten, twelve, fourteen years. Port Leash have been the dominant force in Leash, but during that period of time, Leash did have some some success. I suppose go back to two thousand and four, when when um, two thousand and three, I should say, um, when when Mick O'Dwyer was there, that they they, uh, they started on the road. But I, I suppose they were somewhat underachievers in that sense. And um, hopefully Peter Peter Creedon will uh, he'll change the fortunes of Leash this year in the Leinster Championship. Martin, congratulations to you and your team. Enjoy the celebrations. Thanks very much, Justine. Thank you. And that's it for the Rewind this week. We're back uh, next week. Don't forget to check out Off the Ball every night this week from 7 o'clock. If you're listening on Monday, they've got uh, coverage of Liverpool against Manchester United tonight. It starts at 8 o'clock. They're on air this Saturday at 1 and Sunday at 12. Also, Dan Richie and I will be back at some point during the week, probably Wednesday, with News Talk's SSE Electricity League podcast. Take care. Good luck.